Thanks for hitting that button. You are listening to The Mark the Shark Show. All right, guys, you ready to rock? Are you excited? Well, sit back and enjoy. And welcome to The Mark the Shark Show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Mark the Shark Show. I hope everyone's having a great day. We have a great episode in store for you. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, this is your host, Mark the Shark. I want everybody to know that not only do I have this podcast, I have another podcast about the sport of mixed martial arts. So if you're into that kind of thing, check out my other podcast called The Mark the Shark MMA Show. And if you want to be on that show or this show, Make sure you contact me on Facebook at Mark the Shark MMA Show. And, and that's my Facebook channel. Or you can go to my website, www.mark with a C, the Shark MMA Show.com. Again, it's www.markthesharkmmashow.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Mark underscore Retorto 2. That's Mark, M A R C underscore Retorto, R I T O R T O 2. That's for Instagram or Mark BJJ Fighter on Twitter. And also, don't forget to check out my YouTube channels. I got the Rockin' with Mark YouTube channel. That's Rockin' with Mark with a C again. Or the Mark the Shark MMA show. All on YouTube. All right, guys. Hope you enjoy the podcast and keep on listening. This is to all you parents out there. Are you looking for a great book for your child to read? Well, look no further. Christina Retorto has done it again by putting out a sequel to her first book in the Invisible Girl series. The sequel is called A Little Bit Louder. Get it now at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com or RetortoFamilyBooks.com. Again, the book is called A Little Bit Louder, written by Christina Retorto. Hi everyone, this is Deborah Driggs and you are listening to the Mark the Shark Show. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Mark the Shark Show. And today we bring back author Jim Flynn. How you doing today, Jim? I'm doing great. Just put out a new book. I know. That's what we're here to talk about, right? Yep. A new book called Better Than Even. And I think this, if I'm not mistaken, this is a sequel, right? Well, it's actually the third in, third in the series. Um, the first one was Losing Lola. Second one was um, the Bitcoin Gambit. Third one is Better Than Even. It features the same main character. Which is uh, J.R., right? J.R. Johnson, yes. J.R. Johnson. That's exciting, man. I got to say, you're, you're on fire ripping these books out. Yeah, I'm working on, I'm already working on the next one. That's great. That's great. That's great. I actually just started getting more focused on the sequel for one of my books. So what's going on with this new book? Well, I, I, I don't do what they tell you to do, which is to, you know, give it to 200 people and have them write a review and have 200 reviews the first day. I just put it out. I call it a soft launch. I write people an email 
who I'm pretty sure are going to buy the book. Mm. And so the, the book came out Wednesday and a lot of people have bought the book and I, I asked them to please do a review. And then when the reviews start coming in, I start getting a little more aggressive about marketing and putting some ads on Facebook and stuff like that. You find the Facebook ads to be helpful? Yeah, Facebook ads. I, I cannot crack the code on Amazon. Um, although my books are all published on Amazon, I'm fine with them. But a Amazon advertising, I can't give, even get any clicks. I can't figure out how to do it. I've watched videos. I've bought a book on how to do it. it uh, I, I don't think Amazon is necessarily set up for my kind of advertising. Facebook, on the other hand, is very, you can get very specific about the demographics you're advertising to. And I find it, it's, it helps me, it's much more helpful for me. Yeah, I did a little bit of Amazon. Uh, what helps is, I forget how I even came up with it. Like you, get, you come up with like keywords that you put in your description when you're listing a book yep. as well, that helps. And it's kind of like Google where you kind of like to bid on the words. Yeah. That, that's what I found. And for me, it didn't pay because even though I sold the book, I mean, unless I'm thinking of it wrong, like let's say I would, I mean, I didn't spend a lot of money. Let's say it cost me 15 to 20 bucks before I got my first sale. I don't know. If, like, I don't know if that's great or bad or whatever. I think someone told me that was bad. <laughs> right. Because your book, I mean, I wasn't, I'm not, depending on which one, it, whether it was the ebook or a paperback, because I don't know about you, but I tend to make more, you make more on the ebook than you do on the paperback. That, that's well, what I found because obviously- I make more on ebook, but on Amazon, because I have some locker room language in my books, mm. it's considered adult content. So I'm not even allowed to advertise my paperbacks on, on Amazon. So I, uh, for, uh, so I just have to advertise my eBooks. Oh, okay. Okay. And then you, and, and I don't sell as anywhere near as many eBooks as I do paperback. So I'm probably better off just staying with Facebook. Yeah. That, that's pretty interesting because what I found with Facebook is like, you'll get the clicks, but maybe you're not, you won't get the, or the likes, but you won't get the buys. I don't know if it's changed. Because now I think you can redirect them directly to a website or, or where you can direct it right. They changed it. You can direct it right to Amazon, right to your book. Okay. So they can click when they click through, they can do one more click and buy your book. And then how did you, how did you find out what your demographics are? I mean, you, you obviously know that you have some stats on it, but how did you get those stats? Well, I, I experiment with it. I'll run, a, I'll run an ad for a couple of days and I'll change the demographics. Uh, the most successful I am with the advertising is I wrote a funny little golf book, which is not part of this series. It's just kind of, I did it as kind of a, a lark. And mm. that's really easy to advertise for because I just say golf and, yeah. and I say over 50 years old because you know, a lot of golfers are older. And so, you know, everybody who clicks on it, plays golf or is interested in golf. That's a real easy to demo to go after men and women, in the United States. It's very simple, but my readers of my novels, I have to experiment. But on the other hand, 
for a novel, you can say, I want people who read James Patterson, or I want people who read Nelson DeMille. So you can just yeah. say people who are interested, you can pick an author. So I did that with the with Amazon. I would put like uh, like the authors that would more popular authors within my genre. Does that make yeah, sense? I, like if it's I, would, I just didn't, I just didn't have any any. So I'm running one right now on Amazon, and it's, it's pathetic. <laughs> so yeah. so um, I think Amazon is better. I'm told for nonfiction. Mm. So so anyhow, I, I'm. But I'm having some success with the advertising. As you know, I, I don't know if you got into this as cold as I did, but I didn't know anything about marketing a book when I wrote my first book. Yeah, I know. I was probably like a lot of people. I thought, well, my book's going to really be successful and it's going to be great. And, and after the first couple of days, it hadn't sold any copies. Yeah. I said, maybe I should... Uh, at least send an email out to people. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, you know, there's a million books for people to search through on Amazon. You have to make them pay attention to you somehow. And, and one of the best ways for me is going on podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. I find podcasts uh, for me to be helpful too. Uh, but, you know, for me, I, I tend to do like I have this one and then I run my ads for my books on this one. And I think, I think that helps, but yeah, going on podcast helps. And I think that's a more affordable route. I mean, unless you're going on Joe Rogan show or something. Yeah. So what's going on with this particular book? Like, um, again, this is a part, you know, of a series and so forth, but what makes, what made you come up with this one? Like, how'd you come up with storyline? See, this is involving uh, a Russian president. Is this based on what's going on now in Russia? Or Well, it, it, it starts off the day after the last book ends. Okay. And it's funny when I wrote the first novel, I had no idea this was going to be a series. And as I, as I got toward the end of that, I left in the last line of the book is kind of an open-ended thing. Cause I said, well, maybe I'll want to write a sequel. And then I realized, that's what I want to do. I want to write a series. I want to write not so much a series of novels. I want to write Breaking Bad. I want to write The Americans. Yeah. And people have said, hey, your books would be a really great movie or TV series. So that's, in my mind, that's what I'm writing. I'm writing a long-form TV show like Dexter or, um, as I said, Breaking Bad or um, Person of Interest. Yep. Where it has recurring characters, but it has new characters come in. I, people think, well, that's, you know, that's you, you're not being creative. No, to me, that's quite creative. It, you, you have to stay within that, within the boundaries, but you can be very creative within that boundary. And, and you do have to stay within the world you've made up. You make up kind of a story world. It's not real life you know, no novel is real life. So, and, and, you know, look at any of those books, you know, the Americans, for example, that's not real life, but it's real enough that people can get lost in it. What you, what you, what you really want to do in a book is create something where the people identify with the protagonist and they lose 
themselves in the worries of the protagonist and they kind of forget about the worries in their own life. It's kind of a little mental vacation for them. Yeah, man, exactly. It's an escape, right? Just like, just like uh, TV or a good movie, right? Yeah, that's, that's so. That's what books. I'm trying to do, and it, and it's funny. I don't know if you've read books about giving you advice about how to write a book, but you can no, spend the rest. You can <laughs> spend your whole life reading those books. There's a million of them. There's a whole industry, and a lot of them are contradictory, even from really successful authors. Stephen King, for example, has written a terrific book called On Writing. And some of the stuff he recommends, I think I use, I think it's great, but some of the stuff doesn't apply to me. I don't think, I, so I try to pick and choose and I've picked from, let's say four people. And I take what I think are their best ideas, but I'm not tied to, exactly what they want to do say again please do they give you like a formula on how to write a book or they just give you suggestions well, stephen king doesn't but there are other people say if you're writing a if you're writing a book here's 22 you have to go through these 22 scenes hmm. and then you have a book that's a little too formulaic for me <laughs> now you can take some really good suggestions about structure from that guy who wrote that book, but I'm not going to do his exact formula. You do want to have, you want to start off with a main character. In my case, it's JR. He's got to want something. He has, otherwise do you have no story? He's got to want something by the end of the book. And you have to have somebody opposing JR, somebody who's somebody who also wants the same thing. And they have to fight for that same thing. That's just think about every good movie you ever saw. That's basically the plot of every movie. So what's going on with our next book? I see heard from Battered and Even, a trillion is the new billion series. Did you ever lose $1.5 billion? $1.5 billion. So, yep. is this, so what, what's going on with this? I know it involves like a Russian... I know you don't want to give too much, but I'm trying to give the listeners a feel as to what this book. Well, that's is. that's how he that's how he starts the book. And a billion dollars. Well, that's in the last book. <laughs> as, I said, as I said, the first line of this book is: Did you ever lose 1.5 billion dollars? I don't want to give away the end of the other book, but maybe that's what happens in the end of the other book. <laughs> So he starts off and guess what? He's got to get even. And his, his opponent also lost in the same transaction, also lost even more money. And he's got to get even. The opponent blames JR for the whole deal. So, and the opponent's a really bad, powerful guy. Is that the Russian president? Could be. <laughs> you're good, so you're good, you're so good. let's so let's let's assume that it is imagine you had somebody who had the power of an entire government and you know i get into what could a government do to wreck your life i'm not talking about shooting you which is also a possibility in this book but 
just imagine what they could do. They could clean out your bank account. They could make a, f a fake video of you. They could take a mortgage on your house. All that stuff people do in, uh, in um, hacking and cybercrime. Well, imagine a government with all their, all their resources, all the stuff they could do to you to wreck your life. So while you're trying to get even, yeah. you have these people trying to get you, and they're also trying to get their money back, too. So I kind of, I mean, it wasn't a government involved, but I think there was like a Will Smith movie where... Oh, yeah, that was, was Enemy of the... Yes, yes, yes. That's what I couldn't think of the name of the movie. But yeah, but you know, you go that's, back that's what movie. I'm thinking of. That movie's probably 20 years old. Yeah. And the government, you know, they're, they probably didn't even talk about the internet in that movie. Um, with all, a lot of stuff has changed uh, since that Will Smith movie. And honestly, I, I didn't think of that when I did this plot. But um, imagine with all the stuff in the internet, all, all deep fake videos where they can make you look like you're talking to some really bad person and doing a deal. Um, and all the stuff they can hack your account and they can do uh, ransomware against your friends and stuff like that. That didn't exist when that Will Smith movie came out. And that Will Smith movie was really good. I, I hadn't thought of that one for a while. But the governments have even more power now. Yeah, I think the, I think it was the government. I think it was like the CIA, as I recall. Uh, it was the American government somehow mistakenly thought Will Smith was a bad guy and they're out to get him. Uh, yep. So yeah. you know, there aren't that many plots in the world. <laughs> you yeah, know, I remember the there's, whole only, there's only like 11 plots. You, there are. And this is one of them. Yep. 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 So to make it interesting, you have to put your own spin on it. What's your goal with this character? Are you planning to like, what's your long-term goal? Are you going to be like Ian Fleming with the James Bond character and have like 20, 30 books? Or are you going to- well, Yeah, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to do that. But if you read a, a James Bond, you ever read a James Bond book? I read one. One, I don't James, even know which one. James Bond doesn't change. James Bond's character never changed. There's no character development. Mm until the only one where there was some was the first Daniel Craig movie. It was uh, Casino Royale. Mm. They actually had James, James Bond. Well, I'm talking about the movie. Yeah. Because James Bond before Daniel Craig, it was kind of limping along. People were just watching it to, for the explosions. You know, what, what's going to blow up in this movie? So they, they gave James Bond um, a little bit more of a soul. He fell in love and he got a woman killed and he had a conscience. You know, James Bond never had a conscience. He just around killing people and using women. And um, so long story short, yes, I'd love to have a series, but there's going to be, there's going to be some character development. It's not, if you take like a regular novel, the character develops from the beginning to the end. And when the book's over, the, the character development's done. Um, in a longer series, the characters got to slowly develop and then maybe fall back and then maybe move forward. So that's what I'm working on. So not just, hey, 
here's a great action scene and here's a great escape from the bad guys. There's some of that in the new book, but it's also a little bit more psychological. How does this guy change his thinking? What is he wrong about at the beginning that he learns about people along the way? And is this character ever based on on you or stuff that you would like to do? No, it, it's funny. They tell you when you're writing dialogue, the dialogue should be, you know, you read a book and it says, and then he said, then Joe said, hey, yep. let's go to the store. You should be able to know who's talking by the way the character speaks, as opposed to having to say, then Joe said this, then Jim said that. So I try to take real life people for the main characters and pattern my speech on them. So that, so JR, when, when he's confronted with a situation, he kind of says what I would say but I don't think I'm JR and he's not based on me. Um, but his speech pattern is sort of, he's a wise guy. And, you know, he, if, when confronted with the bad guys, he gives them some static. That's what I would say. So, but there's other characters in the book who I, a lot of them are combinations of two people. Yep. But they, when they, when the main character, other main characters say something, you want, you want to be able to know who's talking without saying, and then, you know, the president said this, you want the president. So I think of somebody, the, the president of the United States is a character in this book. I think of somebody I know, what would, how would this guy answer? So in the case of JR, it's, what would I say if the president said to me, Hey, you know, do this. So it's not autobiographical. He's not me, but his speech, because it's easy for me to think, well, what would I say if the president <laughs> told me this or that? Uh, and he, he also is the narrator of the book. Um, the book goes from first person. So the scenes that he's in, he narrates. So you know, you know what he's thinking. You're going back. Not, yeah, you know what he's thinking. The guy shot at me. I wondered why he was shooting, you know, that. So for he's in first person. But because there's a lot of action that ha happens away from him, it can't be an all first person book. So the scenes that he's not in are third person. And the great thing for me is the people who've read it haven't questioned that. That's how the whole. That's how the whole series is gone. Wow, that, that's kind. Of, that's not no, that I easy never, to go back and forth between um, first person and third person or whatever. So that's pretty pretty interesting. Well, what I do is at the beginning of every chapter, I say where it is. Austin, Texas, or Moscow, or you know wherever it is, so you know, you know it's changed. So when it isn't Austin, Texas anymore, and JR was in Austin, Texas, and now it's in Washington, DC. You know it's gonna be something different. But 
as I said, nobody's questioned me on it. Nobody's told me they didn't understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, I've read some other thriller type authors who do this. And I tried to pattern it on that. And I think I've, I think I've got it. That's pretty good. Because if, if you take, for example, detective, uh, you know, simple detective fiction, you know, the old <laughs> guy sitting in his office and the damsel in distress comes in and you know, he it shoots guys. And that's always in the first person. Yep. Um, take those old noir movies. So it's always first person. But you limit, you limit yourself because it's everything's got to be seen through this guy's eyes. You can't have anything away from him. So when you're going to do something that has stuff going on all over the world, you can't do it all first person. So anyhow, I just chose that model and it seems to work. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. As I said, nobody, no, only one person has even talked to me about it. And that was somebody who's a writer who understands what writing is about. And said, "Hey, you do that. You do that really well because it's pretty seamless. Uh, you never are confused about who's talking." So, I guess I figured it out. Yeah. So maybe your next book should be on how to write a book. <laughs> no, no way. No way. I'm ever gonna do that. Nah, ever, ever, okay. ever. No. You know, the, here's one of the big problems that you haven't got into this genre yet. But people write a couple books, and they, they decide I'm. I'm going to really sell a lot of books. I'm going to write a book about how to write a book because those books really sell because if you get some, there's an awful lot of struggling novelists out there. So, you know, you get desperate and you, you buy a book and some of these books are total garbage. And um, a lot of the really famous authors don't write those things. Stephen King did, but it's his is part autobiographical. Okay. So it's half autobiography, which he's a really interesting person, by the way. Um, and I'm not a big Stephen King fan. I don't, I've read one of his books. I, it's not my genre, but his book's really good. And some of the tips he gives writers are really good. But also, what makes his book good is where he talks about himself, where he is, he's uh, quite a character. Um, yeah, I can, I can imagine. But there, but I'm going to stand by that. No matter how many books I ever sell, I am not going to write a book about writing a book. And when I uh, infrequently go, I get invited to give talks once in a while. I do not talk about how I wrote my book. I tell some jokes. I tell them a little bit about my book, and then I shut up and take questions. I'm not, you know, it's like. I think the worst interviews on TV or YouTube are comedians talking about how they do comedy. It's just makes you want to puke. <laughs> just shut up and tell the jokes. You know, I don't want to see how the magician does the trick. And I don't want to hear about how some mediocre comedian constructs his jokes. Just tell me the joke. And if I think it's good, I'll laugh. Don't tell me how you did it. Yep. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, some people that even though they're an expert in something, they really can't convey how well, to actually do it to somebody either. My favorite right. comedian is my favorite comedian is Jerry Seinfeld. And you never hear him talk. You know, he's he's not just up there talking. 
he doesn't get up in the morning and say, oh, I got this great monologue. No, he he's a guy who's famous for working on, I mean, they, they say he'll work on a joke on each word of the joke. He'll work on a joke for hours to get the exact amount of syllables right. He's really? very fastidious in his work, but you never hear him talk about it. So, as I said, I, I just want, I want the magician to do the trick. I don't want to hear about how you do the trick. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, for everybody who wants to check out his new book, like he said, it's available on Amazon. It's called Better Than Even. Yeah, really the best way, Mark, brilliant. the best way to, to see it is to go to my website, which is Jim Flynn six S I X.com. And you'll see all my books. And if you're interested in one, just click on the picture of it and it'll take you right to the book on Amazon. One more click and the book's on its way to you. That's great. That's great. Well, Jim, it was great having you back on the show and I'm looking forward to having you back on when you put out your next book. When do you anticipate great. having your next book out? Is it going to be here? I'm 20,000 words in and it's not going to be as long as this book. So I'm hoping to get it out in three or four months. I, I, I'm getting to be a faster writer. I, I kind of know how to structure a book now. Uh, I'm getting better at it anyhow. So I'd like to put out one every four or five months. Wow. That's a lot of writing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's my job. It's my job, man. <laughs> Yeah, and if you love, but if you love what you do, it's not really a job, they say, right? No, that, that's right. That's exactly right. And I, and I enjoy the process. I mean, I like selling books. I like having success, but I enjoy the process. And it, it, how could you find something better than something you really like to do? Exactly, exactly. Well, Jim, it was great having you on. And for everybody, again, just, you know, I'll put a link to his website so you can Take a look, find out more about Jim and the books. And if you're into uh, this particular type of genre, which I believe is suspense, right? A thriller yeah, and suspense. Suspense or thriller, yeah. Yeah, then I think this book is the one for you. All right, guys. Thanks All for right. listening. And we'll be back after a short uh, break. Thanks, Thanks guys. Mark. Yep. Thank you, Mark. Hey guys, I just want to make a quick announcement. You can now get my book called Marcus the Vampire available in audiobook format. You can find it on Audible, ACX.com, and on iTunes. Again, the name of the book is called Marcus the Vampire, The Dark World Chronicles. It's also available on Amazon.com. Check it out today if you can. everyone well unfortunately all good things must come to an end and that's all we have for this particular podcast episode i hope you enjoyed it and i hope you keep following my my podcast here to mark the shark show and keep listening and look out for future podcast episodes